0: How in the world are we gonna be able to defend our rights if we don't know them? Let alone be an active participant in changing the tide and the trajectory of where our country's headed. Welcome back to the Rethink Tank podcast. I'm Cody. This is Isaac. Say hello, here Isaac. Here I am. Here I am. We here I here. am, Lord. Here I am. Send me. And uh, we are in, we are tracking right along. Is this and episode 20? This is episode 20. Wow. Two 0. 20. It's a big uh, accomplishment. Man, it is a big accomplishment. This has been such, such a fun, um, just. I mean, podcast to do, but even more, I mean, I would say, I wouldn't say that necessarily our mini series here, know your rights has been fun necessarily. That's not the word that comes to mind. It's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. It's, this has been so, so important. I don't know if, if, if you guys feel the same way, but for me going through this, obviously we're hosting and putting on this podcast, but as we've said all along, we're, we're common average Joes and we're just like you and we're right along for the ride and, and, I'm learning a ton, like digging into these rights has been so beneficial for me to know for so many different reasons, and we'll kind of get into that, but um, I hope you guys have been enjoying it, uh, and it's at least taught you something, you know. Um, this, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about the 7th and the 8th Amendment, um, but before we jump into that, I just, you know, on that note of it being really worthwhile, guys, Like if you've been following, if you've been following this mini series, I know there has been one or two rights (laughs) that you have seen that has, um, maybe your eyes have been open to say, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that's, that's in the crosshairs right now in our society. And I bet you guys would agree with me that I'm going to say most Americans don't know their rights. Mm Mm-hmm that is not good that is not good especially when we know the why our our forefathers wrote these rights for our protection and so i just want to encourage you guys let's make it really simple three people this week we're not doing i'm not i'm not putting out this challenge for more views i i could care less about that for the sake of just views i do want listens. Isaac does want listens because we believe I mean we're going through, like we just said, people don't know their rights. We need to be educated. And as we've said throughout this whole series, you cannot defeat what you can't define. How in the world are we going to be able to defend our rights if we don't know them? Let alone be an active participant in changing the tide and the trajectory of where our country's headed.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you like how things are going, just don't know your rights (laughs) but if you're concerned if you're concerned with how things are going right then uh this should be like priority number one for you yeah is to understand what rights you have and how the government is being hostile towards you in those ways yep
0: yeah so i mean you know these episodes aren't aren't (laughs) it's a little more like classroom i hope i hope we were, were being a little more like you know there's some levity and and some um some lightness in it I don't want it to be just purely educational but we need the education so share it with somebody who you think would benefit I think that'd be great so without further ado let's just jump in we'll jump into the seventh amendment first so I'm going to go ahead and read that for us so the text of the seventh amendment to the United States Constitution is as follows in suits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law.
1: Yes, yeah, so you read this, and maybe at first, like, if you're like me, I kind of scratch my head, like, huh, what is this actually talking about? But... When it comes to civil trials, so this could be lawsuits, this could be um, I mean I don't know there's all, I mean there's all kinds of, most trials are civil trials <laughs> yeah right. they're not uh, criminal trials' they're civil trials sure so pretty much most the, the majority of trials that exist, uh, most of the time when you get called in for jury duty, you're not getting called into that one trial where you have to be on the jury of a murder case. You're getting called to be on trial, uh, or on the jury of a trial that's usually a boring little civil dispute. However, <clears throat> the I think it's important to underscore a couple things here when it comes to once again, looking at why did the founders write this, and what is the intent, and Do we live in a country now where this applies at all? And I'll let you be the judge. But first, let's understand the intent. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm making jokes. I don't even know it. I got your back, bro. (laughs) Thank you. So number one, it talks about how. When when you have this civil trial that you have the right of a trial by jury. And you see that if you've been following this series. You see that come up all the time. Why are they so persistent,
0: mm-hmm.
1: insistent on having a jury? It's because... Consistent. Keep Even. the assistance coming. Keep it coming. Thank you for your assistance. <laughs> We're on a roll here, people. So... Why so good. did they feel the need to continually include this clause that you have the right to a trial by jury? It's because like it was just in these guys's bones, like everything in them said, do not trust the government. Do not trust them. Do not trust authority connected to the government. Now that doesn't mean to be an anarchist and, uh, rebel against authority but there was a, a really strong level of skepticism. And I think that that's a pretty darn healthy thing to have. Yeah. Well, when you say don't trust the government,
0: right? So that, that, and, and I don't, maybe, maybe this is intentional by who, those that are in power. I don't know. But really quickly, like my antenna, like I try to play devil's advocate in my mind often. I've tried to think, okay, what could this sound like? And it sounds very conspiracy theorist right off the bat, like oh, don't trust the government. But if you replace the word government with um, don't trust uh, those who are in power, and you kind of you you kind of uh, bring yourself up higher, like fifty thousand foot worldview, like above United States, and you think about all throughout time, world history, and all the powers that were, and and you understand what they were dealing with back then, and and <clears throat> what does power do to men yeah. to, to, to humankind, corrupts them. it corrupts them. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. When we look at, we understand our history, which I, I will tell you now, again, I'm 33. So growing up, like I, I was not a history buff in, in school, I didn't really enjoy that. Um, it didn't, it just didn't do It doesn't do anything for me in general, but, um, I think our generation at large has lost its sense of history. And understanding not just our American history, but our world history and seeing these, you know, regimes and, and all the different ways that power has corrupted men throughout the uh, throughout time. And if we
1: understand that, it's not conspiracy theory. No, well, it's it's common sense. <laughs> it's so common sense. There's totally. why. Uh, and we're uh, at risk of going on a tangent here off off the rails. But I think it's important to say, why do we have this skepticism with pretty much everything else like you aren't told to trust the used car salesman you aren't told to trust the realtor that oh you know what we're just going to give you this house we don't have to sign any documents you don't trust the the scammer that's saying hey you give me your money and i'll give you x return on it's like right there's skepticism in every single thing we do because we have common sense to know that hey If this guy has something to gain here and it involves me um, taking some sort of a a risk or doing something or offering some deliverable and it's this guy's gain, then, yeah, like there should be some skepticism there. Totally. So why on earth Hmm. do people get all up in arms and triggered when you say don't trust the government when they have all kinds of gain opportunities of lording over you, controlling you? Having power and authority, like they are in the easiest of positions to take advantage of you. Yeah. Yet, we're told all the time, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Don't be skeptical, blah, 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 blah. It's like, that is good think. Yeah, these, <laughs> honestly. These guys knew yeah. in the founding of our country from experience that you absolutely must be skeptical of your government. Mm-hmm. So that's what they were. They were skeptical of their government to the extent that they said that even in civil trials, like just this little stuff, uh, that they even still had the right to a trial by jury. Yeah. So that people Which break that, that down. Were like them. Yeah. So why why is that why would that be important? Well, because if if the if a judge has an agenda, they and they're the only deciding factor in the case, no matter what's true or false, no matter uh, if you're actually innocent or actually guilty, if the ruling is unfavorable to you, but it is favorable to the judge and the judge is corrupt, which again, power corrupts people. If the judge is corrupt, they will rule in their favor. Mm-hmm. And they will rule against you, right? Which I'll just say, like, sounds kind of familiar these <laughs> days. You have former presidents getting indicted. You have judges, um, re-ruling on cases uh, or on laws that have been passed. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, there's that is going on. Yeah, and I only think. That if you just pay attention and and see the trends of how things are going. Did you say trends I, or trans? Trends. Okay. Don't want to make that mistake. It is June.
0: I, I just make. Just. To I clarify, just try to bec- I'm trying to be. I'm trying to clarify. Yeah.
1: If you see the trends that are out there. uh <laughs> Keep going, I, uh I need to stop. My brain is okay. Keep <laughs> just going off the rails. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, button it up. <laughs> you will notice that things are escalating more in the direction of corruption, not away from corruption. Yeah, that we're escalating uh, and speeding up more in the direction of larger government, mm-hmm. more government control, less individual freedom, not yeah. the other way around.
0: Right. Well, and I, I'm going to just throw a really quick example out there that this happened. I can't. I can't remember what state it was in, but during like literally two, three years ago, and during COVID and everything like that. Right. Judge now thankfully in this situation the judge ruled in favor of of this. But it's really interesting. I heard a Senator Hawley, he, uh Senator Holly, he Howley or however you pronounce his name was um uh interview
1: I- Iowa, Nebraska? Uh I forget. Howell? Josh Josh
0: Howley. Um Missouri?
1: Well, I don't know. One of them one states. Of those. I don't know. One of but, those cornfields.
0: <clears throat> yeah, one of them cornfields. <laughs> but there was a um uh a, a, a um, person who was uh, basically she was trying to get on. And I forget what she, she was trying to become some sort of a, um, uh, she was trying to get his support for this position in as a judge or in, in government at some level. And this, this lady was a lawyer. She was representing the mayor of some city who the mayor and uh, was, was basically sued because the mayor made it illegal for mandated that you know religious people couldn't couldn't uh gather right Uh and not even be socially distanced outside with masks like they couldn't gather but yet the mayor allowed there for there to be protests yeah being close doing whatever you know and because the mayor was a part of these protests Mm. now thankfully that judge that judge uh, ruled in favor of, you know, correctly and, and overturned that. But the point being, the lady representing that mayor was now, is now trying to, you know, move her way up in our government. Mm -hmm. And Howley, I mean, he let her have it. I mean, he pinned her down. was like He's good. I, you absolutely do not have my support. And he, I mean, it was a, It was a wreck shop. Yeah. So it's this is very close to home.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The last part of this amendment is is important as well because once the jury, what is this is saying is that once the jury makes that decision, right? Yeah. A judge can't just come in on the back end and say, Well, the jury didn't know what they were talking about. Here's some different facts. Here's here's my facts that I've got, and I'm actually gonna change the ruling on this. It's like once the jury rules, it's done and it can be appealed and the courts can get involved then but it says that no court and that includes the supreme court no court in the united states can come in and overrule a ruling that already is presented by the jury so that's the 7th amendment um, it's important it matters for sure and again it is a it is it is a, a rein if you will like a r- horse reins it is reigning in the power Of the government and uh, those put in authority by the government. Shall we go on to the eighth? Let's move on. All right. Eighth Amendment. Another two for one here for you guys. Uh, Says excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted.
0: Yep. And that's it. So uh you know this one's this one's short as well but this one's got I would say a little more meat and background yeah. um to kind of unpack because essentially what this is kind of getting to I mean um is is you know making sure that there's just penalty to a, any crime if you're convicted like if I get a parking ticket you know they can't throw me in jail for 20 years, right? That's, that
1: doesn't, that's not fair. That doesn't match the severity of mm. the crime, yeah. right? And that's the excessive part of this. We're right. talking about, like, let's just, like, nuts and bolts break this down. Excessive right. bail, if you get a parking right. ticket yep. and you're held in contempt, you cannot, Your bail, your bail would not be a million dollars. Right, yes. However, if you commit a murder... Mm-hmm. Or you're a serial killer, yeah, your bail is probably going to be a million dollars, maybe even more.
0: <laughs> well, and, some people, and then just a caveat on the bail part. It's like, so, well, how, how, how can judges uh, remove Because sometimes you can say no bail. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, allowed when uh, a suspect, I guess, an alleged, alleged suspect uh, is, is deemed unsafe uh, or, or some sort of, you know, he mm-hmm. could pose a threat to society. Yeah. Right. So there are cases and that and that's fair. Like to, to to the point of if you there's a murder or a serial rapist or something like that like yeah, the, no, uh no bail, you yeah. know. <laughs>
1: but I will say it better be pretty freaking compelling Well, totally. because yeah. you in honor of Pride month could be a, a transphobe genocidal freak See? Oh, trying to wipe out an entire race of trans right as they like to think of themselves as a race (laughs) somehow I don't know how transphobia is racist but I've still tried to figure that one out I just I can't quite get it but yeah I uh, I think that's where we uh, so much of the Constitution and, and again this is maybe like a sidebar tangent but so much of the Constitution relies upon the commonality of thought and values of the people. The people were the thing that right, kept the yeah. government in check. Yes. The concerning thing is how there is not commonality in values amongst the people right now. Now there's still a <clears throat> lot of people that think just like you and I do. There's a lot, a ton, but there's a, I would say a worrying amount of a concerning amount of people that, don't think anything like us. Oh yeah. And actually think that we're like back crazy for sure. Yeah. So yeah.
0: And that's a really good point. Again, again, I don't think I, f- I feel like our listeners, I mean, I'm sure, surely you guys have to be on the same page. This is, <laughs> this is why we're going through these, uh, through our rights is to know them because, So much, and we'll, guys. Again, I mean, next week, I'm telling you, I'll I'll just pull back a curtain a little bit. The ninth and tenth amendment, all these are important, but the ninth and tenth amendment, we will, we will double down on uh, some of the stuff we're talking about right now. Of when, when common sense and morality break down, and you don't have the the common people don't. They're just people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's there's no um, there's no there's no basis that you can form a a a, a, gr- a grounding with then it, things get scary really quickly yeah. thank god literally thank god that we still have our rights and the constitution is still in place um <laughs> Uh, until we, I guess, repent and are healed as a nation, like we're moving further and faster into waters where we have to know these so that we can protect ourselves. Right. So, yeah, it's super important. So, yeah, excessive bail should not be required, or in excessive fines, same thing. You know, like if I steal something, or well, your parking ticket shouldn't be a yeah. million dollars. Oh, true. That's a good, yeah, great, great analogy. Right, and then. Cruel and unusual and punishments inflicted. Now this, this part's really interesting because we have, um, really, I would say the most, so, okay, so I steal. let's just go to now, I steal a candy bar from the store. Right. And it's like, let's just say I've stolen five (laughs) even, Mm -hmm. but I've stolen, I've just, I've stolen a Reese's, a payday, a Snickers, Mm -hmm. some Skittles maybe. Mm. Maybe some sour patch, just some watermelon sour patch kids. That was the last one that I stole. Okay. So now I have my fifth. I've I've stolen my fifth uh, package of, of sweets, and they want to kill me. They say you're a th- you know you're a threat to society, whatever, and death penalty, right? So that's cruel and unusual punishment comparatively to that crime. And it's really interesting because in our in our um, nation we've had some really important cases that have come up, uh, throughout even the past. I mean, most specifically the past 50 years, but even most recently of the past 15, 20 years, Mm -hmm. which is crazy that really, we've had an interesting relationship with the death penalty. Yeah. So first Furman versus Georgia. So this is 1972. So this was a pretty landmark case that addressed, the constitutionality of the death penalty. So, uh, in that case, the Supreme Court ruled that the death penalty, as applied at the time, uh, vi- actually violated the Eighth Amendment. <clears throat> so, um, they said it was arbitrary, it was discriminatory, um, and got rid of it essentially, took it off the books. Now, just four years later, 1976, Gregg versus Georgia. So this is, they, they revisited the death penalty in this case, and they actually upheld the constitutionality of capital punishment. Which is
1: um, pretty unique. I'd be curious to, I, I don't have the actual number on it, but I'm curious to know how many times has the Supreme Court reversed something that they've already held yeah. on. Because, I mean, that's a big deal. Is they, Huge, they yeah. rule on something, and like that level of precedent that's being set is, is massive. Well, they let's, don't just flip-flop all the time.
0: Well, I mean, it, and this is what I don't know, but was the next one Ro, Roe v. Wade? I mean, think Could of be, yeah. do you know what, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to your point, it doesn't happen often. Yeah. We saw that last year, or whenever, right. last yeah, year, last year, you know, yeah. huge, huge, obviously huge win. But um, anyway, yeah, that was interesting. So, <clears throat> the, you know, those two cases marking the constitutionality of it went away, then it came back. Um, another case, Roper versus Simmons in 2005. So this is fairly recent. So, or, you know, early 2000s here. Um, but in this case, the Supreme Court banned the execution of individuals who committed crimes while under the age of 18. So the court determined that the execution of juvenile offenders violated the Eighth Amendment's prohibition on uh, cruel and unusual punishment. Mm. So that one to me, I kind of laughed at because kind of, kind of balked at, not the fact that we're not killing kids. That's not my point, but like, okay, so you want to protect our youth in this scenario, but you don't want to protect them in the womb. Well, you they don't did. want to, they
1: did want to protect the youth back in 2005. Oh, tr- yeah, true. With yeah. the exception of protecting them in the womb. They've all. we've <coughs> always been uh, yeah. down to murder babies, but I think the world has changed even in the last five years. For sure. The idea yeah. of transing kids. Yeah. It's just like it would have been preposterous in 2016. Sure. Like nobody could have even fathomed it. But yeah, for yeah, sure. No, you're totally but right. But still, it's I mean, like I guess the... You how know, ironic. If anybody yeah. wants to tout this, is like... Right. Oh, you can't kill a minor even though he murdered five high school students. It's like, oh, well, that's ironic that it's like you want to protect the 16-year-old murderer, but you... And, and I'm not necessarily for capital punishment for yeah. minors. Right. But it is ironic yeah. That it's just the base logic of anti it. Yeah. capital punishment for minors that commit these heinous crimes. However, right. You're okay with just gruesome, cruel and unusual punishment of delimbing infants in the womb mm-hmm. for a profit. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Don't like, don't get me started on that. Yeah. That's yeah. So I'll say one thing about the cruel and unusual punishment. And this is kind of like dotting your legal eyes and crossing your legal T's, but it is, just something interesting to keep in mind that when, uh, making a ruling on if something is a, it falls under the cruel and unusual punishment, it has to be both. And so it's not, it doesn't mm. say cruel or unusual. It has to be deemed as cruel and unusual. Interesting. So there are some things yeah, that could be deemed point. as cruel, mm-hmm. but not unusual. Maybe the death penalty could fall under that now. Cause it's like, it's not unusual. Uh, some might deem it as cruel, but if it's cruel and not unusual, then it's not unconstitutional. If it's unusual but not cruel, it's also not unconstitutional. And that one's probably a little bit more, uh, more, um, I don't know what the right word, I mean, strange (laughs) would maybe be a word to define that, but if, if someone comes up with an unusual punishment for something but it's not cruel, it's like they're, Making them, like, go scrub floors with toothbrushes or things like Mm -hmm. that. It's an unusual punishment, but it's not cruel. Yeah. So it wouldn't be deemed unconstitutional. It has to be cruel and unusual to be deemed
0: unconstitutional. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Yeah. Last case, real quick: Atkins versus Virginia, 2002. So this is just where the Supreme Court ruled that the execution of mentally disabled individuals or 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 challenged individuals is unconstitutional under the Eighth Amendment. So, and there's been plenty of cases throughout, you know, our early, uh, even past like 150 years where we've seen we've seen that happen. Unfortunately, that's that's obviously that's a good uh, a good a good case there. Um, Sure. So I want to dovetail a second. I just want to ask just this. We didn't, maybe we didn't talk about this um, in preparation for it, but just a little op ed piece, a little opinion uh, question. Cause I was thinking about just think sitting here thinking about like, how do you, and I'm just gonna ask you, Isaac, how do you feel? You, mean you, you, you mentioned it, part, part of there for a second, but how do you feel about the death penalty? Like as a Christian, as a believer, you know, what is the morality, what is the ethical backing for supporting or not supporting um, capital punishment? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I have to think about that. I know.
1: it's. Uh, and I've honestly, like, I... I'm
0: definitely putting you on the spot. We didn't I, talk about I kinda this. I kind of go either way. <laughs> um,
1: gosh, yeah. I, I, I can see both cases of it. I I am certainly I am not adamantly opposed to capital punishment by any means um from a spiritual moral case the only case that I think could be made that capital punishment is ungodly would be that uh who am I to as a human being to decide Mm -hmm. uh whether a person gets to live or die and that that's something that only really God should control. However, the alternative argument could easily be made. Well, when that person decided to kill another person, then they, they gave up their right to live. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They forfeited that. Um, so I, I would say, um, without like a real, like great, uh, deep backing and, and several citations of here's exactly why I am pro capital punishment. Mm -hmm. If, if I killed, let's put this way. If I killed somebody and I was being logical and sane and understanding and consistent, I would be okay with being killed. Yeah. (laughs) Killing somebody.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I've gone back and forth on, on this throughout my life and, um kind of was like oh you know like heck yeah i'm all for it and then i was like whoa and then i kind of a couple years ago i'm like wait a second who am i to to your point who am i to say who am i to take away somebody's opportunity to repent you know Mm -hmm. but then i don't know if this is safe to say you can correct me if i'm wrong i'm gonna read some verses here but i think god is
1: pro-capital punishment (laughs) Ooh-ooh. Old Testament definitely Old, I mean yeah I mean Levitical law I mean there were people getting killed for things That in our Society's standards would be Not as bad As murder Well yeah and I'm just I mean Genesis 9 6 whoever sheds human blood By
0: humans shall their blood be shed For in the image of God has God made mankind Alright that's a little interpretable That's a little but Exodus twenty one twelve: Anyone who strikes a person with a fatal blow Is to be put to death Leviticus 24, 17. Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. So pretty, straight pretty straightforward. Now we can get into, oh, a new Testament. Oh, whatever. Okay. I We can talk about that. But I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, it's, it's so hard to put out there, like just stamp it. But I, I would say I'm with you in certain cases, I would be for I am for the death penalty in certain situations because someone who is just evil and is choosing to like I'm just thinking like, you know, you know, uh, uh, whatever I'm William Gacy or whatever, you know, these I don't even want to talk about like what they did. But, yeah, it's like really evil, demonically possessed people. They need to be put down mm-hmm. like they have chosen a life that is animalistic in nature and they are destructive to Night. mankind and you know but then there's cases where you know the murderer who's in prison for life and on death row and accepts Jesus and you know that's awesome mm-hmm. now there are consequences to our actions we we live in a society that don't really want to don't they, we don't want to remember there's consequences <laughs> yeah Um. so you know yeah, but it's, that's I don't, it's a hard I, yeah. one for sure.
1: And I don't want to be cavalier with it either, but there's yeah. also a component to this where there's a logistical issue of our prisons are getting totally. crowded but and yeah, that's, that's, yeah, the, sure. the goal as a society should be to keep criminals off, like mm-hmm. out of the public. Right. Like if there are people that are dangerous criminals, that commit crimes, even like slower crimes. They don't need to be in public, especially if they are repeat offenders. Right, for sure. If, if they go to jail and get out and go to jail and get out and go to jail and they do this like three, four, five, six times, it's clear that they are not able to operate in normal society. So they right. shouldn't be right. able to operate in normal yeah. society. And if you have nowhere to put them, it's like who's again, this is gonna sound cavalier, it's not to be cavalier, but who is like who's first on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a a reality yeah that for we sure. face as societies that are if we don't want to um just have like a giant prison state right <laughs> where we have prisons all over the place, then and we're working out tons and tons of money well to that's, support it, that's what i was gonna say is then a, you know yeah. someone
0: who they're 19 you know kills 20 people and is demented and all that type of stuff and he gets sentenced to life in prison and lives till he's 80 mm-hmm. so for 60 years
1: yeah that's a tax lot dollars lot of
0: are paying TV, hots and a cot, a hundred percent and cable tv
1: and arts and craft time and yeah right yeah you know Cell all phone, the stuff gym time yeah so and again it's like that sounds very insensitive to say but that's a reality and that's not the biggest factor. I would say the biggest factor, it's like if you shed blood, your blood will be shed. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, that was a op ed for sure. Yeah. That's what I think. Interjection. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, kind of getting back into the amendments we just talked about. I think it's interesting to me and, and, like we should just take notice that you look at the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th Amendment. They're all dealing with crime. They're all dealing with trials. They're all dealing with uh, how things are handled in the court of law. And I just think that it's interesting that over half uh, or, or right around half of our Bill of Rights like the cherished 10 amendments that uh, are the most simple and basic fundamental rights that we have, that half of them are dealing with how things operate in a court of law. Mm -hmm. And it would be, I believe, wise of us to pay attention to that and to not think, I think the great lie that we could believe is that, well this was just for back then. And like, we're beyond that now. Like we're past that. Like America is not susceptible to that because <laughs> I'm telling the biggest you, biggest lie. If, right now. Yeah. if you watch, if you're watching right now, you are seeing more open than ever before. How a judicial system can be weaponized and can be used to, to actually uh, it's like I don't want to just say a hot button word to say it, but it's like it's it's an oppression. A judicial system is being weaponized and used to oppress, to control, um, to discourage uh, a people. Mm-hmm. So um, we get to decide if, if we're okay with that. Right. And we get to decide if we apply these or if we're just going to sit back and watch our our freedom just be consistently taken away from yep. us. And the only way you can apply them is if you know
0: them. There you go. Because if you don't it, like if you don't know it, then when a judge comes back in and the and the jury after the jury is ruled and the judge says, Wait, wait, hold on a second, we'll but this and they start throwing legal jargon at you, you have no idea what the what the amendment says, it's a judge you're going to you're going to accept it and you're going to roll with it. Yeah. Have
1: a nice time in jail. Right. So know it in order to defend it.